Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Surveillance. Good morning, 8.30 on Wall Street. I'm Michael McKee along with Tom Keene. Economic indicators are brought to you by Commonwealth Financial Network. When it's time to change the conversation, talk with a broker-dealer, RIA, that's ready to listen. Call 866-462-3638 or visit Commonwealth.com to learn more. Our indicators would be brought to you by Commonwealth.com if we had any. Um, 9.45 this morning, the market PMI. People don't pay a whole lot of attention to that. Much shorter history than the uh, ISM numbers. We do have some Fed speak out today. Uh, Jim Bullard saying there were uh, reasons to raise rates and reasons not to raise rates. He didn't take a position. John Williams from the San Francisco Fed out just a few moments ago suggesting that the Fed should stick to its plan for raising rates two to three times this year, which would suggest that we could easily see a rate move in June if they want to you know, stay on the path, Tom. There is a path, you know. I I think they're data dependent. It's just that simple. Do you want to bring in our next guest? That's what uh, John Williams says. Well, our next guest is always data dependent. He is (laughs) from Willett Advisors. Thanks for uh, for stopping by uh, this morning. We you run money. Uh, We should full disclosure for our boss, the the man who uh, owns Bloomberg LP, Michael Bloomberg. Uh, And you and you know what our boss says. Our boss says, "In God we trust; all others bring data." (laughs) So data dependence uh, exists even in this building. (laughs) Uh, And he provides a lot of data. And when you look at the data, do you see a reason for the Fed to raise interest rates? Or even more important, let me underscore this question: Do you care? Well. I, sure, I care. I don't think a quarter of a point makes that any difference, really. But it's a it's a question of the path we get put on, and I do think that rising interest rates at some point will take their toll on the stock market, which is very very fully valued using more conventional interest rate uh, interest rate measures. But and I personally don't really see the argument for raising rates. I'm much closer to Larry Summers' camp than I am to uh, the so-called hard money camp. But nonetheless, the Fed, I think, has made clear that we should expect a couple of interest rate increases this year. And as I said, um, uh, it may it may cost the equity market a, a, a few points. But other than that, I don't think it's going to affect the real economy very much at this stage. But you see secular stagnation? Well, secular stagnation has become this kind of term of art. What, what we clearly have is very slow growth. Uh, we have very poor productivity. And as a result of that, we have, we're having uh, increasingly poor investment by, by corporations. And those are all worrisome problems that we should address. But at the moment, of course, no problems are being addressed in Washington of any sort. Steve, I want to congratulate you. On, of the 47 essays on Mr. Trump, his taxes, his finances, I thought you killed yourself trying to be balanced in Donald Trump and the art of the tax loophole. There's one thing I want to clear up that I think is crucial. You go after the idea that real estate people play by a different rule book. Um, I, I understand there's a great question about Mr. Trump, but a frequent guest of ours, say Bill Rudin, from a uh, 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 distinguished family of real estate people, it's not everybody in real estate having the acquisition, ac- accusations that are made against Mr. Trump, is it? Is he unique to real estate, or do you bundle it in as a group? 
No, I think it's a group, but I don't think they're, they're doing anything evil or illegal. Let me be very clear about that. I think what they're doing, which every one of us in this room and every one of us listening probably does, is they're taking advantage of the tax code as it is written. Uh, I am a substantial beneficiary of the carried interest uh, provision. I think it's a terrible piece of law. I think it should be changed, but at the moment it's legal. Where's the outrage? I mean, we got a guy like you who's fancy and with your work at Lazard and that saying change the law that benefits me every day. Where is Washington? Washington is nowhere on anything. Uh, there's really nothing happening. There hasn't been a piece of tax legislation in Washington as long as I can remember. And so far, there are other people who disagree with me about that who've been effective in stopping this. Uh, but I do think that as and when we have a comprehensive piece of corporate tax uh, of, of, of overall tax reform, which I expect there'll be a, a big effort to do next year. I think certainly the carried interest loophole will be in the mix. But look, for the real estate guys, it's simply the fact that they have the, they have carried interest loopholes multiplied by ten available to them, and they use them. See, and can, I don't blame them for that. Can President Trump lead a tax proposal in Washington to agreement between disagreeing? legislative participants. I think it's going to be difficult for any president to get to a tax bill because Washington is so polarized and there are such Mm -hmm. differences of views. Whether Trump would be better or worse at doing that than anybody else, I don't know. As you know, he's written a a cottage industry of books on the art of the deal in one form or another, so he thinks he's the world's greatest negotiator. If he becomes president, we will find out because it will take the world's greatest negotiator. (laughs) Yeah, well, a lot of people have written that he's not as good as he thinks he is. But interestingly enough, uh, he wants to get rid of uh, the carried interest provision, but then uh, subject your income to pass-through tax, which would actually lower your taxes. He also, and this is what I want to ask you about, he also wants to rip up uh, and and basically repeal Dodd-Frank. As someone in the financial industry, good idea, bad idea? Dodd-Frank is, is deeply flawed, like any major piece of legislation almost always is when it's first passed because it's passed by committee and all sorts of compromises, and then you find out things that don't really work well. I, I do think we're on the verge of over-regulating the major banks to the point where it's difficult for them to earn a reasonable return on capital, and they become like utilities that can't attract good people. Uh, they become weaker institutions. So I think there's a reform bill that's required. But repealing it would be a terrible idea. We obviously had a huge financial mm-hmm. crisis. We needed to do something about it, and we did it. Very quickly, can you buy equity shares this morning? What do you mean, can I? Can you buy equity shares? Would you have a? Are you? Would I have an appetite to acquire shares in American companies this morning? Well, look, we are long-term investors. I don't know how to market time. I don't know what the equity market is going to do today, tomorrow, or next week. But I do believe in the fullness of time, uh, equities still remain the place to be on a long-term basis, and the U.S. is the place to be. What's great about fullness of time, Michael McKee, is for most of it's it's Friday. For Ratner, it's the end of the month. (laughs) Well, or the end end of the decade. Uh, Steve Ratner, Ratner, thank you so much on the equity market and Mr. Trump. Uh, Futures are flat. This hour of surveillance brought to you by Westchester Subaru. Visit westchestersubaru.com. Here's Michael Barr with news headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. The top U.S. commander in Afghanistan says the death of Taliban leader Mullah Mohammad Akhtar Mansour could have a positive effect on peace efforts. General John W. Nicholson says Mansour was an obstacle to peace and rejected the chance offered by Afghan President Ashraf Ghani to participate in the process. The general says the death will have a disruptive effect on the insurgency. President Obama talked about Mansour's death while in Vietnam. He is an individual who, as head of the Taliban, 
was specifically targeting U.S. personnel and troops inside of Afghanistan. The president, while in Hanoi, also announced lifting the ban on selling arms to Vietnam. A submarine has joined the search for the wreckage of Egypt Air Flight 804. The Airbus A320 went down over the Mediterranean Sea on a route from Paris to Cairo with 66 people on board. Crews are looking for the all-important black boxes as they try to piece together what caused the plane to crash last week. British Prime Minister David Cameron is warning of economic consequences if Britons vote next month to leave the European Union. Calling it a self-destruct option, Cameron warned that Britain would be plunged into a do-it-yourself recession. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists and more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm Michael Barr. Mike, Tom. Thank you, Michael. Coming up now, the Land Rover Persephone Bloomberg NBC Sports Update with John Stashar. John? Thanks, Mike. The Warriors, of course, made regular season history with 73 wins, but they're in trouble as far as repeating as NBA champs. Not only lost at Oklahoma City last night, they got obliterated 133 to 105. At one point, the Thunder led by 41. They scored 45 points in the third quarter, and they started that quarter with a 25-point lead. Kevin Durant, 33 points. Russell Westbrook had 30. The Thunder have now won 6 of 8 against the NBA's top two teams, the Spurs and Warriors. The series 2-1 OKC Game 4 tomorrow. Game 4 in the East tonight in Toronto with Cleveland up 2-1. Stanley Cup playoffs, Pittsburgh led two games to one, but Tampa Bay with a backup goalie has taken the last two. They tied the Penguins late in regulation last night. They won 4-3 on a goal in the opening minute of overtime. Weekend sweeps for the Mets and Yankees after losing 6-7. Mets took care of Milwaukee 3-1. Noah Syndergaard superb again. He struck out 11. Mets game and a half on the Nationals and in Washington tonight. Yankees off after a fifth straight victory. 5-4 in Oakland. Homers for Brian McCann and Jacoby Ellsbury. Michael Pineda got just his second win. And again, the three-headed bullpen. Dellen Matanzas, Andrew Miller, Aldous Chapman shutting the door with three hitless innings of relief. As he did 12 years ago, Sergio Garcia won the Byron Nelson Golf outside Dallas. A playoff with Brooks Kepka, who led by three shots on the back nine. Jordan Spieth fell out of contention. He shot 74. With the Bloomberg NBC Sports Update, I'm John Stashdown. John, thank you so much. The Ratner quoting the uh, Galatians, the New Testament, the epistle to the Galatians, in the fullness of time. I think I learned that from the Red Sox theology. Yeah. It was Red Sox philosophy, Calvinistic philosophy. Yeah, if you're a Red Sox investor, you were definitely a long-term In in my youth, in the fullness of time, maybe we would go 500. Well, John and I were talking, you can vote on this, whether uh, saying thunder and lightning prevailed. Yesterday, oh, they it was, did. It was a, a is that yeah. too much of a cliche or silly? Way no, the lightning is showing good team spirit. The the, the 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 Pittsburghs need to pick it up, uh, particularly uh, in their zone. Lightning beating the Penguins. I need two aspirin. The sports report brought to you by Land Rover Parsippany. The spring sales event is happening now. Visit LandRoverParsippany.com. Land Rover above and beyond.